Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our empowering uh, podcast. And I'm delighted to have with me here a serious young person who has just achieved so much in such a short lifetime. Um, Caroline Foran is has written three books, Owning It, Confidence Kit and Make It, as well as being a podcaster. And she has only two and a half million downloads. Imagine two and a half million downloads. Incredible. But the reason I asked Caroline to come here today is that the real essence of this is to empower everyone. And we all need empowering in this dreadful uh, third lockdown. But Caroline has really managed all the adversities and talks about them uh, so freely. And I know patients of mine and recommend her books to them. Um, but she's an incredible person because she's achieved so much. And this is something we're going to go through. And it was one of the things I want to know, Caroline, is mm-hmm. how did it all start? Um, it actually started with me having a really horrible breakdown with anxiety, which wouldn't exactly set you on a trajectory for a successful career. Um, but I, I wasn't well. I was really struggling. And I was, I've always been a journalist um, since, I, since I graduated from college. So I started writing about ways that I found that I could cope a little bit better. Um, and eventually that uh, I wrote a piece for the Irish Times about um, some really practical ways that people could better get in control of their anxiety. And a publisher came across it and they got on to me and said, have you ever thought about turning this into a book? And I, of course, thought you have the wrong email address or something like that. And um, and it turned into So they said, look, this could really be something this. I thought I was the only person at the time. This is back in 2014, 15 is when I really struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, a little did I know a lot of people were going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressures mm-hmm. of modern society, particularly for women. But very few people were talking about well, it. Well, nobody was very nobody courageous was talking of you. About it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought, OK, I, I'll write this book, but I don't know. I think it's literally me by myself. I don't know who's going to read it. And then it just took off um, and it went to number one for 16 weeks. That's running, incredible. which it was great for me as a writer, but it was also very um, telling of the situation we were in with mental health in Ireland. Absolutely, um, there was such so, a stigma in Ireland, and wrongly so. Yeah, and the stigma was a huge part of why people were feeling the anxiety because mm. it was it was perpetuating it, you know. Um, so so it kind of started from there, and then I was from that I started giving talks once I got myself to a point of feeling well again mm. you know obviously I had to focus on my own well-being first mm-hmm. um, and that took a long time and then I started to do things like go and give talks for different groups of staff and companies or th- things like that to help people really understand mm. anxiety mm. and always approach it from the perspective of look I'm not the expert I'm someone who went through crippling anxiety and I've learned how to manage it and I'm someone hopefully that you can relate to as opposed to the doctor or the psychologist mm. or you know that, that mm. you could say well if, if she went through it and she's there you know thriving again that gives me inspiration that I, I'll be able to find a way through it so it kind of grew from there and then one book turned into two two turned into three that I started doing the podcast it was just like a natural extension of that mm. because people I think the nature of, of podcasting if you're if you're anxious as well as sometimes it's nice to just listen to something as opposed absolutely. to absolutely. you know be devouring a big tome exactly um, and, and the two and a half million downloads just shows you how many people are out there struggling yeah, and that crazy. wanted to hear the, the truth story and the yeah. real story from somebody that suffered it yeah it's absolutely yeah. crazy um so yeah and that's like all around the world now the podcast so it's incredible it's, it's amazing to have been able to take something that was so hard for me and turn it into something positive you know i, I didn't think that i didn't think that was possible um, mm. we and we just need prince harry's new the prince harry and duchess of sussex now to take it on for the states oh that'd be great it, yeah <laughs> that'd be, now, if you can put in a mention there i'm sure i'm sure you're, you've got megan well, i'll, I'll just ring book. oprah and free now and get, get an interview as well that would be great but that's brilliant and how did you 
be such be so honest because did you come from a, a family where you, you're just straight talkers like how did you because it was a huge thing Caroline to do back in 13 and 14 It'd be easier now because mental health is all the talk yeah and it's sort of the sexy thing to talk about but not yeah. back then no it was really a case of I don't know what else to do except to talk about it. It was my coping mechanism. Yeah. I've always been someone who shared. I would, you know, if you had met me in 2014, I would have sat down. And even if I just had met, not didn't know you from Adam, I would have found a way to try and talk to you about it so that you could reassure me and reflect back to me that what I'm saying is okay and normal. Mm. And I crave that reassurance from other people so much. It wasn't, it wasn't so much me saying, I'm going to help these other people. It's that mm. I'm going to tell these other people and it's going to help me. Mm, yes, so yes. I would tell my fa- family. This is part talk. of your therapy really yeah, in a sense. Like for, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so I've always been an open book. I've always found it um, so uh, part of the anxiety, like a huge part of it being so bad was because I was so afraid of what people would think. Mm. And a lot of it dissolved when I said, look, I remember I did one post on Facebook at the time and I said, because I hadn't been on on social media for so long. Mm. I thought if you've nothing positive to show or if you're not off in Bali in a bikini, don't be on social media. I Mm. was in living in the four walls of my apartment feeling like I I couldn't go outside. So I was like, I've nothing to contribute to society and nothing in the conversation. Um, And then I just said, I'm going to just disappear here if I don't say, listen, this is what I'm feeling. I don't know if anyone else feels the same, but I Mm. need to just say it and just address it and, and maybe that will take some of the pressure off you know just to kind of own it I suppose mm. which, which ended up becoming the whole message in the book Fantastic. Um, and to this day it's still even like when I had my baby and I really am seven I was months too, old he's seven Fantastic. months and, and congratulations Caroline and I really struggled at the beginning I was so underprepared for mm. um what I would feel like in postpartum I was so focused on the labor and then I felt with the hormones which you know mm. like I felt we spoke so, afterwards yeah. I was worried about you because I, you yeah. were you know trying to do so much as you always do yeah I just really really floored me um and the, again the only way that I could get through that phase was to to say like hands up I'm finding this really hard is anyone else finding it hard and it just then ended up connect me and open me up to this like army of women who are just there they would mm. just hold you up and lift you up when you feel down Fantastic. so it has been there's been no other option for me then to share and to be mm. honest I, I don't know how to be any other way mm-hmm. and actually I, this probably I'm probably sometimes too honest and too no open. no no I think the women of Ireland will be thanking you for being so honest because you've just opened a, a panacea of yeah. just what people needed to be vented but yeah. they didn't feel I don't it was mind right to being do the so. guinea pig I don't mind mm. being you know, talking about my feelings. I don't mind talking about, you know, even my labour experience. If it's going to help someone else feel like it's normalised for them or that, you know, okay, there is someone who has the traditional markers of success on paper, but she also struggles with anxiety sometimes or she Mm. has bad days. I think we have to really normalise that, you know, and that you can still, like for me, for example, I can still be an anxious person. I can be prone to anxiety. Mm. I can struggle with, feel things that maybe a lot more than maybe someone next Mm. to me. But I can still achieve things in spite which, of that. I can take that along with me. Fantastic. You've learned how to cope with it. Which is yeah. And, and like that's I, sometimes I feel pressure that because I've written, you know, three books on it, that there's an expectation that I, I have it figured out and I'll never feel anxiety again. And like, you know, better than me, it's it's very much an ongoing management. Sometimes hormones will just spike Absolutely. and it, they floor me when it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's when I, but what I know now is why it's happening. Absolutely. I know that I've taken on too much. I know mm. I need to like, like you say, empower myself to take my foot off the gas. And I know how to bring that balance to myself again. So it's just, it's not just like 
reaching a point of wellness and that being it then it's mm. it's knowing it's kind of like a dance with your a wellness dance with yourself mm. into knowing okay I'm leaning in a lot here there's a lot going on this is important to me but I know I'm going to need to step back again absolutely and just kind of having the confidence to dip in and out of your comfort zone I suppose but for me the main thing is always going back to my comfort zone and nurturing that absolutely I meet so many women like you Caroline um that are seriously brilliant talented women as good looking as you as well by the way <laughs> but they, they don't realise their professional self-esteem is amazing because they've achieved so much mm-hmm. like you have but their personal self-esteem isn't okay and that reflects in the fact that they're, they're trying too hard they they work too hard because it's almost like they have to, to keep going to, to sort of feel good improve themselves. in themselves improve themselves and I blame society for that I think society doesn't empower men and women equally I never meet men you know I run endocrine clinics and hormone clinics and I have girls coming in who are absolutely gorgeous looking and they're, they have fillers in their lips. I don't get the guys coming in with that, right? Yeah. They just dress any old way and they feel comfortable, which is wonderful. But I think society has failed Irish women and wor- mm. worldwide not empowering equally. Because if you look at our sport, for example, you know, uh, the rugby was cancelled for the women, but not for the men. Yeah. Nobody batted an eyelid. There was a few little uh, letters about it, but that was it. Mm-hmm. It didn't heal me all. Martin giving a press conference saying, hang on, this isn't right. No. It just was taken for granted. In the same way, our taxpayers, money, we're both taxpayers, uh, 700,000 going to women's sport from Swords Ireland, 3 million going to men. Mm-hmm. That inequity still exists. Yeah. You it, know, what does that say to young women? It, to be honest, like I feel so in my own bubble of being focused on what I'm doing myself mm. that I haven't experienced too much of that inequity. Yes. Mm. I have taken it upon myself to, you know, take ownership of what I do mm. and, um, know my value and my worth and change the language that I use around myself you know even with like it it was a learning curve but you know even I think women naturally are more apologetic and you know we will send an email and and like say for example I'm looking to get um, an invoice paid and I was like you know sorry for disturbing you as if like I'm sorry that I exist Mm. but you know if you don't mind if you could just and always using the word just and I didn't realize how much that was undermining myself all the time so I kind of took it upon myself right there's not a whole lot I can do about wider society, but I can control my own actions in mm. this society. Um, and I haven't come up against, I know this probably, maybe this is controversial to say, but I, I haven't come up against any inequality myself. Mm. I I have believe I, I, whatever about believing in myself as a mother or as a person, I have got to a stage where I really do have belief in myself professionally Which and I would go after what I want and what I know I deserve. Mm. And I know how to like, I suppose handle myself and the language to use around mm. myself mm. but I I was definitely that's been a couple of years in the making you know Girl, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah definitely there's this like systemic issues there that mm-hmm. you know uh, but honestly like the sport thing goes over my head because I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what's going on so I'm probably not the, the best person okay. to ask about that not um, at all I suppose I'm always trying to get the root cause of things when I see all these amazing women well, coming into me it's, it's, I think I, it's nature and nurture mm. I think women in my book The Confidence Kit I went into the confidence gap between Mm. men and women and Mm. I think men are sorry to to say this men are probably Shane is listening but he's a great guy more generally um, 
outward mm-hmm. and you know like we all know those studies where um say there's an interview or a job um, promotion a man will go for it having mm-hmm. so so few of the qualifications mm-hmm. and think he'll just get there a woman will wait, wait until she has all the qualifications so i think biologically there's probably some differences there in 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 that and then in terms I think, of i think it's because of the way boys and girls are weird because well I, that's the, that's yeah. what i was going to say next yeah. the nurture element of it yeah. um, and that goes back you know so there's there's a small biological element i think and then there's the nurture which is much much bigger and um, how we're reared but I also think it goes back historically and culturally to you know um, my grandparents time when um, you know a woman it would, would have been said would have had to work twice as hard to be taken mm. half as seriously as a man and at the time in like war times the only reason women were working was because they were filling gaps of roles of men who were away at work so it was secretarial kind of work and it mm. wasn't until the 70s or the 60s the 70s that women started to join the workforce mm. in droves and not just because they were filling the role of a man mm-hmm. um, and even like my own I, this always bothers me but in my own grandmother um, she was an incredibly smart woman she came first in the entire country in the civil state exams uh, she like above all men all women she was so incredibly diligent and smart mm, mm. and um, as soon as she got married she had to give up her job yeah, and know, become same her husband's chattel because of the marriage my, ban yes, and aunts, yeah. so those kind of things unless you're a teacher you, you could yeah. still have a teacher but otherwise you had to give it up but yeah. those things obviously are st- there's still a hangover that mm. we're dealing with today and, and to get to also what I think it comes full circle of the pressures on women today and the anxiety a lot that a lot of women are feeling can be linked to us feeling that we have to, we're shouldering the, all the opportunity that we mm. have now mm-hmm. women didn't have back in the day yes absolutely so, but then therefore we think well we have to do it all because yeah, you know they couldn't the now we have all this choice so we go all in and we end up going so far we fall flat on our mm, face mm, mm. so we're trying to make up for generations previously who didn't mm. have access to, you know to the, the education the family the travel the this and we're actually burning ourselves out doing so mm, so mm. it's almost like there was there was too little happening and now there's too much happening and mm. we just need to get a bit of balance there absolutely but mentorism is a big thing and unfortunately Unfortunately, if your mother and your grandmother overdid it and totally cosseted daddy in the house and let him do nothing and did everything, the professional woman still tries to do that as well. Yeah. So they're the women that burn out and come into me with hormone imbalance and fertility issues and so forth and thyroid issues. The whole thing is connected. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to make society equal and more or less educate society that they're doing things they don't realise they're doing even. You yeah. know, that's one of these. Because I saw um, a patient today and I asked her if I could share this so she allowed me to. But I saw a patient her diabetes was all over the place right mm-hmm. three young kids just had had a little baby boy like yourself mm-hmm. and she came into me in an awful state this week with blood sugars all over the place and she one of the, the factors that triggered it was that the the sale of the of the house that she her dream house that they wanted they were renting her dream house was falling through because her husband had got very ill a life-threatening mm-hmm. illness and therefore they had no life cover so the mortgage was going to go, fall oh, through but I knew this lady was from a big farming family I knew there was only a, a brother and a sister in it and I said to her and like I'm talking an asset of three million is what her parents had and because I'm from a farm background so I know <laughs> what, what, what land is worth and I just said to her well why don't you ask your parents and she said well I never thought of that mm. and I just thought how could this girl whose brother and they'd been brought up in the same house had been you know um, given an asset of three million and she didn't think that she was worthy of even 120,000 which is all she was short yeah. right and as a result, her diabetes was going over the place and her husband had a very serious illness and she had three young kids. Oh, that sounds impossible. So, but it was. And mm. I actually said to her, I said, you go and ask them. And I actually rang her the following day to check, did she do it? And she actually did it because I gave her the permission to, but yeah. why didn't she do it herself, you know? And this is sort of, and she 
she's only a young girl in her early 30s. So I just think we need to cop on. And why didn't the parents do it without having to be asked mm. what they saw their daughter struggling? And yeah. I see this all the time, Caroline. So I, that's why I'm calling it out. It's, yeah. it's so inequitable still in society and parents particularly in farming very much look after the boy okay. <clears throat> but the girls are just left there but they'll end up looking after the parents down the road so we need to change that and we need yeah. to say you need to treat your girls and boys equally yeah <clears throat> and, and that's just something i feel quite passionate about yeah but going back to what you you're an influencer and people really listen to you and i mean mm. you've huge following on instagram so how do you and you've influenced so much because I tell you I tell the patients about these books but thank you I know but it's fantastic because you're so honest about it and it's something people haven't done before Mm -hmm. but how do you think you could change society positively um I think my goal is to really just normalize the things that we all go through that we feel um we shouldn't go through or that we feel reflect on us badly or we question our self-worth about mm. um so if if i can i i think i really do believe whatever say if we're talking about anxiety you know something tangible will usually contribute to your anxiety mm. maybe it's um a thyroid issue mm-hmm. that's causing it maybe it's a job that's really you know maybe there's a whole lot of things going on but that top layer of anxiety is the stigma and is the feeling that I, sh- I have no right to feel this way. I have everything going for me. I, you know, I sh- all this toxic positivity that says, you you know, that invalidates what you're going through. I think if we can tackle that and say, you have every reason to feel the way you do, you know, yes, there'll always be someone worse off than you, but what you, your body is producing a stress response because of X, Y, and Z. And if you can take away that pressure of, of judgment and, and to realize how normal it is, that will actually take down a lot of the anxiety and we'll be in a far better place as a society then, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that like to normalize that is, is just so important for me. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my, my main And how goal. do you think, Caroline, we're going to stop girls uh, feeling the pressure to always look good, feel good? You know, boys don't feel that at all. Yeah. How are we going to change that? Because we're living in a society where it's always, it's all about, you know, the stick thin models. And even though they're trying I to think change that's that. changing. I think, mm. like, I think there's a lot changing. And I think for me, I mean you could always look at it from two sides. So say, for example, you know, the makeup and the wanting to look good, that is for a lot of women, their armor. Absolutely. And, and we all feel you know, good when we dress we up. Feel, yeah. We feel a little yeah. boost. And yes, maybe it's, you know, it's a very surface level boost, but if it makes you feel, give you a pep in your step, men don't have that mm. opportunity. Well, they can if they want, but typically men don't, you yeah. know, put makeup on their hair and don't mm. get that extra boost so um I think that's a tool that women want to keep mm-hmm. um and I think it's a good it's a good one um as for are you talking about like people coming in and getting like lip fillers and stuff like yes, that yes yes yeah yeah and fine if they want to but there's no if they're gorgeous looking they don't need to but a lot of girls are gorgeous looking they don't seem to realize that nobody has told them I know there's this thing in our society where they're afraid that they'll get above themselves if they're praised too much which we well, need to change well that's the difference yeah so I wrote about mm. this as well in my second book around we constantly we're expecting ourselves to, to be more confident mm-hmm. and to be more you know empowered and do more things but not only do we need to work on it with ourselves but we need to work on how we react to confidence in another person mm. So how often have you heard the phrase, oh, she thinks she's great, doesn't she? Or she's, mm-hmm. if she was a bar of chocolate, she'd eat herself, or, you know. Yes. And we we, t- we, t- we take someone else's confidence and we decide that it's arrogance. Mm. And especially an Irish thing, we don't yes. like, we don't want anyone getting above their station. And I think why I am so 
quick to be to tear myself down and be self-deprecating and not to take a compliment is because I remember growing up with a group of girls and it was very much a case of if you said anything nice about yourself it was like so you think you're really pretty yes and it was socially unacceptable to Mm. say anything positive about yourself you were far more likable far more um easy to be around it was Mm. far more accepted to say oh I'm just I'm so ugly and I'm so Mm. that's been drilled into me so and I'm now I'm trying to consciously you know take a compliment when I receive it um but it's it's not just how you know, and you're non-judgmental as well. Which, yeah, but which, that's, that's what you need to work yeah, on. Is that like if, if I see another woman, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm after getting this, and this is amazing," that I don't instantly go to jealous mode of thinking, "Well, she thinks she's great, doesn't she?" Mm. So we need to change what we what we meet, what we um. And women need confidence. to support each other. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and that's each other. but but that mm. there's a whole issue there. I think mm. with on the on the surface of women supporting women, but really privately. I've worked in in companies that have been female, Mm. like completely female. And Mm. there's a lot of bitchiness and a lot of um, insecurity and threatening. So I feel like there's a lot of work to be done there to help address women's. I have an issue. I have a reason, Mm. I think, for that. And you can put this in your next book, Caroline. But (laughs) (laughs) I think that what happens is women, it's so hard to get to the top as a woman. You know, I I know as a a consultant, I had to work really hard to get Mm -hmm. to where I was. And. And, you know, you, it's almost thought that a woman is to be ruthless to get to the top. Yep. And, and actually you're not. But you do. Men make you feel like that when, when you're trying to go for it. You have to be better. Yeah. You really have to be better. But one of the things I know is that when you do get to the top, and I remember this happening. Um, and then you sort of, you, the right thing is that you give the leg up to all the young females that are equally happen. good. It doesn't happen. Now, I did it. But I remember having this thing and saying, well, you know, she should really have to go through what I had to go through. And I thought, you know what? Stop there. Yeah. And I think that's actually what's wrong. I think women have it's so hard for a woman to get to the top that it's almost like well if I had to do that she better have to do it I know and actually that's what we need to stop well there's also a a fear of scarcity and it goes back to hunter-gatherer times where Mm. if someone else was going to be successful and you weren't that might be a threat to your survival yes you know if if there was like something to be hunted in the wild and that person got it you might starve to death Mm. and we still have that same um, zero-sum game mentality today and that fear of scarcity so when someone else has you know a number one book on anxiety I might instantly feel oh I need to protect my little Mm. space Mm. but what I need to do is realise that that's a natural reaction to have and mm. then to bring it around to, to, towards more what you could call like benign envy instead of toxic envy where I think well how can I separate myself from that person and how can I be inspired by that mm. person but it's really hard to do like it's, you know, yeah. when you're working against like very archaic hardware oh, and you yeah. know hormones that come up naturally that you have to then try and work around absolutely and um, yeah. but it's really important I think on the subject of of you know women having to basically be like a bulldog to get to the mm. top mm. I, I absolutely hate that. I remember reading a book co- by um, a woman called Kelly Catrone and it said, if you had to cry, go outside. And it taught you and, and it encouraged you to just never show your vulnerability and never let them see you cry. And being sensitive was not going to be tolerated. And Which that, is the way women of Ireland were brought up. They didn't talk terrible. about periods. They yeah. didn't talk about menopause, perimenopause. That's the way we reared women. Yeah. And up to now, we, we're changing it now, but and that's, that's the way we're reared. That's another, I suppose, goal of mine is to mm. help people... Um, own their vulnerability and how vulnerability has to coexist with professionalism in the workplace Mm. you know you can't go around being unflappable untouchable you know just someone who who doesn't have any emotion in work just to get ahead because you stop connecting with people you stop relating to people people don't have respect for you you create these divides then you create that bitchiness you create all Mm. that backstabbery and that you know well this is my turf and that's her turf Mm. and so I think another goal of mine really is to help people um be vulnerable and not and to change our perception of what strength means you know I think for so long and you shared a post on this actually Mm -hmm. on your Instagram and I loved it about you know strength can be um 
like for me strength some of the strongest moments I've had have been at probably what society would consider my weakest moments like when I made the decision that I th- I think I needed to go on medication for mm-hmm. anxiety or when I um decided that I wasn't going to breastfeed mm-hmm. for uh, anymore because I was struggling so much mm. and I was kind of at my lowest ebb but for for me making that choice for myself and acknowledging that I was struggling and allowing for that and allowing for the fact that I'm a sensitive person like that to me is strength totally so, and also allowing for the fact that you weren't going to allow yourself to be judged because the immediate judgment was well how dare she do this and how I did have that, that fear I did yeah. I mean I really did but and you I were s- strong enough to say hang on here I've brought <sighs> this child into the world I've done my best and now for my health so that he'll I be think, healthy yeah, I'm I doing think this. I was strong enough because I've been through enough with my own mental health to know that my well-being was as important as my baby's Good well-being girl, yeah. but I think there's a lot of women who would really punish themselves yeah. and think well you know there's obviously a lot of people who believe and you know that's totally fine that breast is best and there's a lot of research that confirms that it is but um there's a lot of women who will be on the floor with stress and anxiety and they won't because they think that their baby is just so so the priority they come after them and then their well-being suffers and then you can't be you know the mother that you want to be so like i i want to be irritable and cranky and cross but i think because i knew how important my well-being was to the point that like i will never take on any job that's going to compromise my my well-being i had enough experience that when i got to that point i said hang on a second i have to look after myself here as well whereas i'd worry about another woman who thinks no failure no you know have mm. to everything has to be perfect Absolutely, because the perfection yeah. the drive for perfection goes up tenfold when you totally. become a mother I think totally totally I think I shared with you Caroline that I did a, a podcast with Dr. Darren O'Leary yeah. and I brought up about the breastfeeding and, what, and the point I made was that I see so many people coming into me with after having a baby where they they, they had a horrendous labour t- really tough um, pregnancy some of them with high premises not sleeping well as we, none of us do at the, at the end yeah. and th- when they, they breastfeed they just were exhausted because you, when you're breastfeeding it's, it's on demand it's yeah. constant and they just weren't able for it and as a result of that the hormone control centre crashed and that hormones all over the place which is really what postnatal depression is yeah. actually it's only hormone imbalance and they, I had to tell them to stop breastfeeding in order for their pituitary gland to recharge and for their hormones to come back to normal and when I when this came out some women said well how dare you say that Dr. Ryan breast is best and I said yes breast is what we advocate but it's we have to be honest and say that so, some women because of what they've been through for example I'd have some women that might have serious hormone imbalance before and pituitary gland tired so I won't be advocating breastfeeding for them because they're not going to get the rest they need mm-hmm. to keep healthy so it's important that we're honest and that we're not knocked for that so I as yeah. a doctor need to say to patients don't feel guilty because guilt is the big terror well, that women have it's such a waste of yeah, emotion totally and it so really you're still everything. a brilliant mother if you can breastfeed because it's not good for your health yeah you know and, yeah. and you're so right so that that's mm-hmm. one thing that really yeah yeah fantastic the make it book it takes huge discipline to sit down and re, 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 you know write a book tell me about how you did the make it book your so last it's, one it's na- actually it's called naked naked so, yeah, oh, my so, apologies no you're okay I got that so um, it's naked now as I remember because I remember all your Instagram the, the vulnerability yeah. kind of thing yeah tell um, me about so, that so yeah I suppose that was um, that was my last book and I wanted to explore the power of vulnerability and the our aversion to it and um it was I wanted to kind of create something that really questioned a lot of things and one of them for example was our obsession in life with this end goal particularly Mm -hmm. as women I'm sure it's it's relevant for um Mm -hmm. where we're so we have our eyes on the prize of something abstract so far down the line we're we're in pursuit of these goals at 
all you know at any cost our well-being our relationships whatever and I think we have there has to be a shift happening I'm mean, actually I think COVID has made it happen even mm. though I wrote this before before COVID and um, where we're now changing our concept our idea of success and I was kind of forced I suppose when I had really bad anxiety to prioritize my well-being and for me success shifted then from career stuff to how how well am I feeling am mm. I sleeping do mm. I you know do I feel do I have pains in my stomach am I getting to have dinner with my husband every day you know do, am I getting to take a break like that for me became that was the goal and the shift away from something so far down the line like I have friends who work bananas hours to the point that they're they're there have to be suffering, you know, mm. hormone in every other way. And they'll get there and then they don't know what to do with the success when they get there. Yes, yes. And then it's kind of, well, what's this whole time been for then now? Mm. So to kind of shift our mind away from someday to like today mm. and, you know, what? how do you want to spend your life now? Like to live your lifestyle by design and to question the goals that we're, we're, we're all hurtling towards. Well, are, are they someone else's goal? Are they mm. what society deems mm-hmm. a goal or is it actually important your to goal. you? Yes. So like for me, you know, a goal is, is I, I this that doesn't sound very um, motivating, but I want, I'm driven by how can I, work do do as little as possible make as much money as possible so I have time for free time and family but also love the work that I do like I have no interest in working 70 hour a week I have no and the same with my husband at the moment you know we're having chats where he is at a particular level in his job and if he goes up another level he'll just he'll get a bit more money and he'll stay and stay Mm. in a similar kind of situation if he goes up one level further Mm. he gets more money again but then his actual quality of life goes down because he's going to be working and god knows around the clock Mm. and we're there saying well okay yes you've got more money but i'm never going to see you you're not going to see your baby we're not going to have dinner together what's actually important to us Mm -hmm. and i think there's there's a shift happening there where traditionally that would have been seen as he's not very motivated but Mm -hmm. actually he just knows what's important to him now and that's changing you know so i think there's this sort of doggedness pursuit dogged pursuit of what things look good like on paper the way you know you would introduce someone and say you know oh she's got this many books or whatever that's changing and I think it's you know I remember I had a conversation with a taxi driver and um it was amazing because he was he was apologizing to me because he had been a corporate um boss and he was saying oh I was this is just a stopgap because you know the, the crash happened and then he was saying to me but then I actually realized you know I was coming home in a good mood every day I was getting to spend time with my wife I was you know she was in better form I was able to take her away on holidays and and the idea of success was changing and he mm, fe- mm. and then he was like actually why would I go back to that you know yeah, I love absolutely. what I'm doing now yes yeah, so, so, COVID the good thing is it's made like us pause it's made yeah. us force us to question what's what's relevant and what's important yeah, yeah. So, and family is important I actually. think so and like yeah. how you want to spend your time you have <clears> control <throat> over absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. and you're the self-empowered I was just listening there thinking she's a self-empowered female in in a marriage with with a young baby how do you or do you have to divide out the chores or you know is do you, do, have you led the way in that front or, or I'm I don't know if I, I was going to say I'm very lucky I don't know if I'm lucky or mm. if it's just normal or this yeah. is the way it should be but um my husband is, is incredibly hands-on and brilliant not you know, all men are like that yeah actually, but and, anyway, and I that's think that's, that's how he was Good. raised as brilliant, well yeah. um but for example I don't know how to use my washing machine he does all the washing brilliant. he's probably the primary chef in the house as well um, so at the moment I am the primary caregiver of the baby you know so I'm I, I took a couple of months well actually I didn't really to be honest I kept working but um, I we'll talk about you know, that in a minute because self-employed people well exactly yes, so he yeah. you know continued to work full time um, <coughs> but it's 
it's very much um, the two of us. And he, I think COVID has been good in a way because he's been working from home. He said, mm. I wouldn't have really known how full on it is to be at home with a baby every day. Because it sounds well, like when you come to the end of the day, what do you have to show for yourself? Oh, I've got puke on my top, but the baby's still mm. alive. I've not, I haven't achieved yeah. anything, but he's seeing how demanding Wonder. it is. He's Gosh. seeing how full on it is. So he has so much respect for, for like mothers Brilliant. and stay-at-home mothers. Because he's seen it, which you wouldn't have done. Have that's because he's work. seen yeah, it and yeah. it's changed. And, and he knows he knows how hard a time I'm having trying to fit in, you know, the bits of work bits here and there, yeah. and especially in COVID. With, with, I haven't got a child minder yet. So yeah. it has been really... Of course, I, I, I th- My expectation of what it would be like I thought you know he would just slot into my life and, and, I, and I'd compartmentalise and mm. it's just not been that way at all yeah, it's yeah. been it's been so full on and I'm still very much finding my feet yeah, yeah. you know but I'm hoping to get to a point now where once um my his grandparents are vaccinated I'll have a minder oh, in the house be lovely, yeah. and, and just give my myself the mornings and I'll be in work mode for the mornings and then I'll be in mammy mode and I won't be and I want that that's not that's mm. not a case of I, I want to work, but mm. I also don't want to work so much that I don't see my baby. Absolutely. So, and I I think that a lot of what I've done to date career-wise is I, I kind of knew that this is what I wanted and I wanted to structure my career in such a way that I had that flexibility. Mm. Um, and obviously that comes at a cost. So like you say, self-employed people don't get to switch mm. off, you know. You don't get maternity leave. You don't get maternity leave. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to just switch off mentally for a year. But yeah, but you can't go away and, and, and suddenly try to become relevant again. So you have to keep, exactly. the, to keep the momentum going. Which exactly. You've, you've achieved, you're, you're marvellous. The, the the other thing I just want to say to you is that I regularly see patients coming in, female patients who just had, had babies and we're seeing it particularly in COVID where um, the, the husband is working from home but he's locking himself up in the room and he's just only coming down from lunch and only yeah. coming down and, and it's a, a credit to your self-worth that you're saying, hang on, I'm doing the mornings so I'll, you yeah. know, and I'm doing the, and then, you know, yeah. you're dividing it as much as you can. I, I think that's also, to be fair to the men in that role, like may, maybe it's a case of that they don't have that flexibility in their job mm. and that needs to happen from like a top down level in totally, companies yeah. where flexibility needs to be afforded to fathers mm. to be able to say look I'm going to come on in the evening and mm. my wife's going to take time in the morning. Because it's been particularly difficult COVID. I mean there's t- for example I'm just going to tell a, a story of a teacher who came into me during the week thyroid all over the place but the real problem was that she was getting up at half four in the morning to record her classes because her husband was doing from eight to six and as I said to her you need to just say to your husband he's got to do the morning or the afternoon one of you have to pick a shift but you yeah. can keep that up. I mean, yeah. she's getting has been getting up since lockdown at half four in the morning to get all her work done. Then working late in the night when the, ba- the kids are asleep. But That's as I all. said to her, I questioned her self worth. You know, yeah. why, why are you doing that? Why, why is her work coming second? Absolutely. You know? yeah. why, why is herself coming second yeah. as well? That she didn't ask her husband, look good, darling. And he probably would have jumped in and did jump in actually when she asked. But you, you have to ask. Yeah, and you have to know. You have to know your worth. Your worth is because huge, it won't be it? it won't be offered to you. Yeah, and as women, we don't know our self worth, and no. we're changing that, Carla. By I was talking and was yeah. empowering all those women listening to us. Hopefully, yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, come here. What's on the agenda now? Next with the for you? Um, I will probably write another book. Even though I keep Good saying I, I'm done. How long um, does it take to write a book? I'm trying to write one. Home oh, and I'm hoping I can do it quickly. Well, I don't know how you'll do it with all everything else you've got <laughs> going. But I would, I would kind of make it my only focus for about four months. Okay, and then um. It over overall, it's probably like a year long process between the editing yes. and everything. Yeah. Um. So I will. I'm sure. I mean, like I keep saying I'm done, and then I get another idea for another. Good. Book. So what's um, the next idea? We won't. You can. Um. I. I won't let a few ideas, it. but I definitely want to explore. Um. I suppose. The whole idea of work life balance. Oh, and, and you know, 
I know that's I mean that sounds like oh, that's been done before but um, this, there's something there I think that needs to be explored mm. um, with a lot more honesty um, totally so we'll see about that but um, nothing nothing set in stone and yet. also mothers uh, you know mothers just after having babies the whole hormonal thing and how, yeah. how you how you dealt with the hormonal issue of anxiety you, you coped so well because you you managed to rest and well, I think I coped so about because I got on the phone and I asked for help <clears throat> and I saw yes. you out yeah and I said yeah. look I don't want to feel this way I shouldn't yeah. you know this is this is too much yeah so. and as a result of that you enjoyed the whole experience because they yeah. change so much don't they yeah. week to week the, I know the yeah no I definitely so have highs and lows sometimes I feel like a question is this am I finding it hard because it's COVID or mm. you know am I finding it more hard than I should and then I have moments where I feel incredible love and adoration mm. but it's and I think it's, a, it's I want to normalize that as well you know it's Good not girl. always a blissful love bubble from Good the beginning girl. and um, the podcasts I mean, you've done a huge amount but do you do them every week How yeah often so do I do, do I do them in seasons and they come out once a week when I'm on season and then I take a little break and try and think of what I'll do next and then I'll, I'll come back again um, but I really enjoy those and, and what do you do just to have an idea that you think of that I'll cover so different things that it's <clears> always <throat> relevant to anxiety I did one with you yeah you did one with <laughs> yeah. me um, so I always thinking anything else that we can learn that will help us to un- better understand or help us to cope with our anxiety and um, so this that just opens up to a world of different you know ideas so it could be someone struggling with OCD it could be someone who Brilliant. has social Which anxiety is a huge issue actually yeah and mm. it could be um so many like COVID anxiety you know or or personal experiences like um questioning you know your self-worth all those mm. things I mean anxiety is all around us really and I think you know it's what helped me was get to, getting to a point where it's not something that you cure or get rid of mm. we all have a stress response as mm. you know and it's about respecting it and managing it mm-hmm. and working with yourself rather than against yourself because mm-hmm. I think where a lot of people go wrong is working against themselves totally. and trying to fit them into a mold that isn't them mm-hmm. and you know life gets so much easier when you stop pushing against yourself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you give yourself permission to be as you are and, and like stop resisting if you keep resisting what is you're creating more and more tension in yourself and that's creating mm. more anxiety and one of the things I noticed your Instagram Caroline is you're big into healthy eating and oh god I don't know about that is, is that tied into the whole managing your anxiety I think so I mean I definitely have like a sweet tooth and I love a lot of comfort food I probably do generally eat quite healthily mm. um, but if I was to have you know if I was to find myself in a bit of a stressful phase where especially postpartum you know mm. I knew that shoveling the chocolate into me was only mm. going to exacerbate things so I'll always take a step back from sugar sugary food and, and caffeine and alcohol if I feel anxiety on the horizon okay. um, but I don't deny myself of anything fantastic and what about sleep how important is sleep to you sleep is the most important thing in the world to me and that was mm. probably the most challenging thing about having a baby and mm. I still I'm so insulted that I have to get up every morning at like half six um, <laughs> I would sleep for Ireland if I could yes, um, and yeah. it is like Actually, when we put the baby to bed at seven, I very often I say, oh, I'm going up to bed now. I just okay. want to get into bed. I want to be there with my book. I'm just such a such a mm. bed person. It's fantastic. So, yeah. And that's so important because the pituitary gland needs recharging. And Yeah, and, and I do not to. see it as a badge of honour anymore to say, oh, I only had this many hours sleep last night or I worked mm. this many hours. You know, it's it's that's not cool anymore, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, and what the driving, what drives you, Caroline? Because you're seriously determined, which is fabulous to see. Is it just, I know you said you want to make money and have more free time, but what what else is it? (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, making money is nice, but I think... um, like you've a passion about about delivering, uh, you know, teaching yeah. people, haven't you? About I, their yeah, I just, about anxiety. I just about have that. a passion for cutting through the bullshit, if I can say mm. that word, and um, just being real and talking about how things really are, and and helping people to feel like it's okay to feel how they feel, and to, to validate people and normalize things, um, and just to be really like. I suppose ruthlessly honest about 
the things mm-hmm. that we experience. Yes, yeah, it's totally unedited, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I suppose so. It's so. going to be a Kardashian type program now that they're oh gone. God, imagine! <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse. Wouldn't it be just? How, how did they do it for so long? I mean, honestly, no, no, I would never be able. It's to It's just like that. horrendous, isn't it? Absolutely <laughs> horrendous. So the podcasting is continuing. There's another book, so that'll be a fourth well, we'll book. See. Yeah, good girl. Um, and anything else? Well, that's loads. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think no, I, I never really plan that far ahead anymore. Mm, mm. Um, and being self-employed comes with a lot of pressures because it's it's hard you know you're worrying about when the next even though you're seriously successful you're worrying about where the next money is coming in how do you cope with that I think I have a very to be completely frank myself my husband have a very good setup in that he he calls me the wild card so he has that tops us up that you know that will pay for fantastic things that we need to get done whatever but he can cover so we have our baseline covered with him and then that takes the pressure I'll pay for fantastic things that we need to get done whatever but he can cover so we have our baseline covered with him and then that takes the pressure off me Um, and he's very supportive of Mm. of that for me and and it's obviously worked out I mean I wouldn't Mm. I wouldn't just sit at home twiddling my thumbs absolutely Um, and so and I thought you know um, I had a chat with Pat Dively about this and he said to me that you actually don't make a lot no. of money out of books no. it's more just getting the message out exactly and well in Ireland is a small territory so yes, yeah. you know I had my book at number one for 16 weeks and mm. you would people just assume that I'm like a multi-millionaire multi- Jesus yes, no yeah. um, you know the sad thing is for authors in Ireland is that the, so few people actually ever see a royalty statement yes um, so it's it, it can be lucrative if you go outside of Ireland, um, but it's very, very hard. So for me, the book thing is like it's driven by passion first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you the platform on which you can do other things such as, you know, go I go and give talks to the Facebooks and the Googles and the different companies. Um, and that can be a bit more lucrative um, or you know I suppose the social media following is based on, on the books getting mm. out there or the podcast and stuff totally. so it's kind of a jumping off point um, yes. and it gives you more credibility and something kind of substantial to I would hate for my career to be um, built solely on social media because that is like building your house in someone else's land. That could all just dissolve. It could be deleted tomorrow. Exactly. I want my work and my success to be on something tangible that, you know, I always produce something and I have something to show for it. And then the rest of the stuff is just you know mm. it comes along but it's not um, and I mean these books could, would be fantastic in secondary school because that's the I sort so. of well there's a fair few curse words in them now so I don't uh, know well that's all honesty I'm sure they've <laughs> yeah. heard curse words in secondary school all the time but the point is that what, what's lovely about you and I think what's make you unique Caroline is that you're you're totally talking about something that you have witnessed we have so many yeah. people that you know talk about stuff but they've never gone through it themselves and I think the fact that you owned it you you, yeah. you lived through it and actually what you're talking about and what, uh, what attracts people to you is that you've actually told us very honestly what you suffered how you got through it how you managed and now they, they see you as this big star. and you know that's all we're all looking for we're looking for how did somebody go through all that vulnerability and achieve what they achieved because at the end of the day we all look to achievers don't we I know you know you're not looking yeah. to unachievers we all actually look to achievers that's what celebrity Some, is all about yeah something that I keep saying to people when I ever give talks now is that like life changed for the better when I was willing to embrace that vulnerability mm-hmm. and it's opened me up to so many more opportunities it's yeah. not a case of getting to a point where I'm invulnerable Mm-hmm. but for me and this is one of the, the truths in my latest book Naked is that like a willingness to be vulnerable kind of makes you invulnerable because totally. you're 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 subverting the idea and you're, totally. you're you're seeing it as your strength it's like you know? Princess Diana that's what made her so likable wasn't yeah. it that she was you oh, know yeah. talked yeah. about her vulnerabilities and yeah. very in a very honest way yeah. that wasn't done before in royalty oh you know? god no and, and that's I, the problem with the whole that's a whole other podcast there but that's totally, the whole problem yeah. with them they're but just you don't see them as human beings human you know? beings but she was very human and talked about them and said it's okay to be this way yeah. and everyone of course felt that way anyway yeah. and then they felt oh well if Diana can feel like that then it's okay and that's yeah. why they loved her and called her Queen of Hearts isn't it yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so true 
<clears throat> Carly, you're fantastic. I am so delighted that, that we this and I was anxious to meet somebody, have somebody in the Empowering Series podcast so young as you, mm-hmm. so beautiful as oh, you. thank you. But, but also the fact that you've, yeah, and I, I hope you realise how successful you are because you've achieved so much by mm-hmm. talking about anxiety and all the hormone imbalance that I'm dealing with on a daily basis, but how you coped with it. Mm-hmm. And those amazing books are fantastic and the podcast with two and a half million downloads. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> but what I'm hoping is that everyone listening to you is going to be so empowered. Uh, all the females will say, well, if she can do it, then we can do it. Yeah, of course. And that's what we want. And we want to change the narrative and say, and create a very equal society yeah. so that women will will recharge that pituitary gland that I want them to do. So thank so you so important. much, Caroline. Oh, thank you, you so are much brilliant. for having me. No, no, I'm so delighted. And oh, thank I love you again. Chatting. Thanks, Caroline. Take care. Thank you.